This is Dennis Regan, and welcome to the Dick Van Dyke Appliance World High School Prep Basketball Confidential. Dick Van Dyke Appliance World is proud to support the outstanding high school basketball played throughout central Illinois. Buckle up for a fast 60 minutes with News Gazette Media's Colin Likas and Jim Rosso. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a cold Monday night here at News Gazette Media Studios, downtown Champaign. The Dick Van Dyke Appliance World Prep Basketball Confidential, the final one of the year, Colin Likas. We've officially determined that, I guess. Well, <laughs> I credit these five area teams for still being eligible for yes. state titles to make this show extend through tonight. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a fair point. And uh, if uh, if a couple of them manage to win state titles this week, we'll uh, we'll find another way to uh, to recognize them. We'll bring them into the studios, nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe your Dick Van Dyke Appliance World Prep Basketball Confidential podcast. There you go. How does that sound? Yeah, do something on the side. We can figure something out. Because you've guaranteed that Gibson City and Cisna Park are winning state titles, I understand. I, I have. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, no, it, that was more of a questioning oh. I have, as in I'm not sure. I think they'll both win uh, super sectionals tomorrow night. All but right. uh, I'm not, I want to see who all is in the state field before I go off predicting state champions. You sure? Yes, I'm positive. Well, I'll go ahead and predict them for you. Okay, go ahead. Because I know folks in both towns, and they're fired up. And when, uh, I know people from Sibley. Yeah, that are fired up and are confident. Jason Thompson, the old uh, central assistant with Gibson City Roots, mm. pointed out that the senior class between football and boys basketball has rattled off like a thousand wins in a row. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> roughly something like that. Yeah, that's something we're we're going to talk about more <clears throat> when we get to to Gibson City because yeah, that senior class and honestly just the whole Gibson City athletic uh, athletic scene right now is extremely impressive, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we wanted to, before we got to Gibson City and Cisna Park, the two teams that are closest to state right now, uh, one win away, mm-hmm. we got three other big school teams that are still playing as well. And uh, among those is a team that has not been playing at this stage for quite some time, uh, the Urbana Tigers, who won their first regional title since 1989 last Friday against Effingham. And we're joined now by somebody who played a pretty significant role in making that happen. It's a sophomore Jermail Young of the Urbana Boys basketball team. So, Jermail, thanks for uh, joining us on the show tonight hey thanks for having me on the show tonight oh, of course well uh you talked with uh jim rosso our uh, our editor over here or uh, what is your official title? vice president vice president Alan. uh you talked with jim jermail you did about uh, urbana's regional title win the day after but is it really sunk in for you just just what happened on friday night in the over in olney um it it just now sunk in that uh that we actually did it, and we've been working so hard for this, and uh, we just got to move on. That was the end of a chapter, like I said, on a Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, for those who don't know, you uh, you hit the game-winning three-pointer uh, against Effingham to, to secure the victory there, buzzer-beaten three-pointer. Uh, take us through that play. What was the what was the plan going in? Was the plan for you to uh, to hoist up the final shot? What was what was going on in the in the last few seconds? I was uh, actually playing for uh, our senior Peyton Sheen to uh, take his man off the dribble and make a play happen, but he slipped and and uh airballed and then Reese got the rebound and we was just looking we made eye contact and I was open and he passed to me and then I hit the shot yeah so yeah it was actually for me 
Okay. Okay. Well, uh, well, did you have any thoughts really before, when, when Tyrese McWilliams passed you that ball, or was it just you know catch the ball and get it up there and see what happens? Yeah, I just all I thought about when I when I looked at the clock before he uh, threw it to me, all I thought about was just shooting it. I ain't have the time to pass it or nothing, so I just shot it and see what happened. All right, all right. Well, what was it like then getting mobbed by all your teammates and uh, some of the coaches, I'm sure, with the, with the fans going crazy around you? What was that moment like right afterward? That was a great feeling. Uh, I haven't had that feeling since middle school, so it was pretty exciting. Talking with uh, Urbana boys basketball sophomore Jermail Young, uh, helped Urbana to its first regional championship since 1989. Uh, I'm sure you've gotten to talk to some people who have been around the Urbana program for some time about how important this regional title is. Uh, if, from what you've heard, from what people have told you, j- just how impactful is this this win for Urbana, for the city, and for the team? This really meant a lot for the community and the city and everybody because uh, every. Urbana has been the dump of the Big 12. Like before, before Coach V came, mm-hmm. Urbana was at the bottom of the Big 12, and he he came in, changed some things around, set some standards, and uh, we just followed him and kept working, and good things happened. Well, uh, you've especially been working hard here, uh, taking on starting point guard duties as the uh, as just a sophomore for this regional championship program. What's it been like for you adjusting to to that significant of a role on this team? It's been it's been pretty good. Uh, I take a lot of responsibilities on the court, even though I'm a sophomore. That doesn't matter. So I take care of the team and be the coach on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah comes with a lot of responsibility. Right. Well, uh, you guys are moving on now to the uh, Springfield Southeast sectional. You'll face Lincoln in the semifinals on Wednesday night. What do you guys have to do to defeat Lincoln? What are you guys uh, thinking about going going into this game? We we just been thinking about we got to get stops. That's been our feel all year. So, yeah, we've just been walking in and practicing on defense. And uh, hoping we will have a good, good shooting night that night. Very good. Talking with uh, Jermail Young here. Jermail, uh, thanks so much for joining the show, and good luck to you and the rest of the Urbana boys basketball team on Wednesday. All right. Have a nice night. Well, thanks. You too. Talking to some of the Urbana folks, you know, that was mm-hmm. a pretty big shot, right, Friday yeah. night. The oh, biggest yeah. shot in school history yeah. I asked around, and uh, – the only one that came to mind that might match it was in 1968. Okay, All right. play that when, one out for when me. Urbana beat Central in a postseason thriller. Willie Southall hit like a 30-footer, I'm told. Wow, 30-footer. Right. So that's the biggest shot since 68. That's before they had a three-point arc, too, so that probably felt like it was about mm-hmm. an ocean's throw away. would love to hear from some of the townies that were at that game. David Woods. Oh, we tweeted this over the weekend, and David Woods, who works for the Indianapolis Star mm-hmm. now, Great grew up in Urbana, went to high, high school, and said, uh, "I remember that shot." I uh, took a class with David when I was at Butler. So there you uh, go. Yeah, it's I all coming that. full circle here, Cal. I, I know David, so yeah, that's uh, that would be interesting to hear from him and other guys who can remember that shot. Anyway, go to newsgazette.com if you want to see video 
of that amazing play. Urbana Public TV was on the scene, yeah. and uh, thanks to Jason Liggett for uh, sharing that. It was a neat scene. Place went nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jermail sent me home a cell phone video from maybe his mom that okay. took it from the stands and nice. it just went bonkers. Yeah, the phone flew through the air and landed <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, I actually know when I uh, when I, I I wrote the the Urbana Boys basketball recap after that Friday game and that game was you know it's in only it was it's not close mm-hmm. we weren't able to send anybody out there. Um, but I, I kind of uh, I felt bad afterward because uh, I didn't realize just how that game had ended. I knew Urbana had won by a point, but in talking with Verdell Jones, it never really came up that uh, <laughs> that that's how the game had won. He was just he was very emotional. You mm-hmm. could tell over the phone. But I figured those because they had won their first regional title in 30 <laughs> years. I didn't know it was because they had a buzzer beater. So I'm glad that we found this out and that you were able to contact Jermail. And now mm-hmm. we've had Jermail on the show, and we can really give him his credit for that. Well, we I had a reader call me and say what. You know why did you not have more pictures and bigger things of Urbana High School? And this maybe we can explain it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sure. And that some of the Danville and Central played near here in town. And yeah, Danville was right here in town. Send a photographer to Olney, which is unfortunately where the Tigers were put. Yeah, so far away. I mean, it took. Uh, Coach Jones said it took what three hours to get home right. that night. So. Yeah, it's going to be the same thing this week with mm-hmm. uh, with Danville because now they get to go to uh, right. a- as Matt Daniels writes it for tomorrow's News Gazette. They're almost in Iowa where they're <laughs> where they're ending up going. Uh, and uh, yeah, as much as uh, Danville's having a good season, and we'd like to follow them to East Moline. That is a trip a bit too far for mm-hmm. us, and that was the case with Urbana. But now Urbana is going to be at Springfield on Wednesday, and I plan to go. Partially because Springfield's a lot closer than only. Mm-hmm. Partially because Urbana is literally the only local team playing on Wednesday night. Colin will be joined by Robin Scholz, our photo editor. So expect uh, plenty of coverage from both the Central game on Tuesday and maybe the uh, and certainly the Urbana game on Wednesday. Yep, that's right. Okay, tell you what, we will uh, get into uh, some uh, Champagne Central talk when we get back from our first break. Just looking back to that three-pointer route, what what was going on in that play? Because I, as I remember hearing Khalil Terry, your team, it was uh, kind of the guy who was supposed to be getting the ball, but then he fed it off to you. So what was going on from that point? Um, we were only down two at that point, so we were just trying to get it to the uh, get it to the rim mm-hmm. and tie the game. But there was only four seconds left, and he mm-hmm. fished it up ahead. And uh, I knew I didn't have time to take a dribble, so I just, uh, took the shot. Yeah. Did you uh, did you see the Decatur MacArthur player kind of coming flying at you? Hey, did you I, think you might be just, able to draw? Just a, foul? a second. I, I, I don't. I don't think we heard that answer from oh, Price. Oh, Let's try that again. That mic's okay. no good. <laughs> um, yeah, we were trying to get it to Leo. We were only down two, and with four seconds left, he didn't have time to get to the rim, and he pitched it off to me, and I was able to. Uh, get an opening and try to shoot it okay so uh now we'll go back to uh the did you know the decatur MacArthur player was coming did you feel like you might be fouled on the play yeah i saw him coming and i saw him coming really hard and um i was surprised even he uh hit my hand yeah well uh you uh you missed the first free throw then you got three though so you just needed the last two to tie what's going through your head taking that second free throw knowing you got to hit both of those to to extend the game um just not really a lot uh on the first one i was just overthinking a lot and uh, that's why I, I missed. And then the second one, I just calmed down. And I knew how to get the uh, that one and the next one to keep our season alive. And that's what I did. Yeah. Gus, I'll throw a question over to you. Just watching this from kind of the background, I guess, seeing mm-hmm. Price at the line. What were your thoughts? What was going through your head? Um, I believed in Price. I mean, every day in practice, he proves to our team that he's one of our best free throw shooters. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't want anyone else on the line than Price. Yeah. I mean, he's knocked down. 
knocked down 80% or something like that, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, then you guys took care of it in overtime, obviously. Price, just being a, being a junior on this team, this is kind of your first uh, starting varsity role for this mm-hmm. program. What has it meant to you to make such an impact as you have this year? Oh, it's just been great to uh, really be a part of it this year. Um, I was talking to my family a couple mm-hmm. days ago because uh, I was up there uh, dressing with the varsity squad at the end of the last year. Right. So I saw them winning regionals and stuff. And I felt like a part of it, but I wasn't like a real big part. Sure. And so this year having like what like a huge part in the, our success so far in our regional win, it just feels really good and just real proud of our team. Yeah. What we've accomplished. Yeah. Now, uh, Gus, just watching as a senior, I mean, Price, obviously, if things hadn't gone according to plan, at least would have one more year. But you, you knew that this was kind of it. So, I mean, what were the emotions like going through that game? I mean, it was crazy all throughout the game, and when I saw him shoot that shot, I didn't hear the foul at first, and I thought it was just over, and then when I saw the foul, I was so happy, and seeing that it was Price shooting at the line, I was very confident that we're going to go to OT at least. Yeah. Talking with uh, Price Punke and Gus Rossa from the Champaign Central boys basketball team. So uh, you, I talked with uh, your coach, Jeff Finke, earlier today uh, just about uh, kind of playing in the Big 12, the, the atmospheres that you guys have played in as a result. I know over at Rantoul for that regional final, the crowd was super loud uh, from Decatur MacArthur. So how much did the Big 12 prepare you guys for that, Price, I'll ask you? Um, it prepared us a lot. Uh, in the Big 12, you know, every team's a good team. Mm-hmm. As you see, like, the bottom teams beat the top teams uh, day in and day out. And also, people that love coming out, each one of those teams have a great fan base. And so there's multiple people, lots of people at each game that you play in a good atmosphere wherever you go. Yeah. And Gus, just uh, how else has the Big 12 really prepared you guys for, for this stretch? Because, I mean, five different Big 12 teams came away with a regional title mm-hmm. over the weekend. I mean, every team is so talented, and there is no easy game. So every game we have to be locked in and ready to execute everything. So yeah, it, yeah. yeah. There's that. Those you guys lost a, a talented senior class from from last season as well. You obviously had uh, you guys returning Kaleo and a couple other kids. Um, but just uh, kind of having to to rebuild the starting lineup a little bit. How confident were you guys coming into this season that you could do what you've done? Uh, we were pretty confident after the summer. Uh, we found we really found a groove in the summer at one point, and we had our whole team there together. We only lost one game to a really uh, good Alton squad mm-hmm. by one point, and we we kind of figured it out in the summer what we needed to do, and then we came back this year and struggled to find that groove again at the beginning. But uh, now I think we found it again. Yeah. Now, Gus, uh, you being a senior, four consecutive regional championships for this team, all under coach Jeff Binky. Four what Pete. Is- <laughs> what is it meant to leave this legacy, though? I mean, it's not done yet. You guys still have more to go. But mm-hmm. just to be four, four, Pete, as you say, four-time regional champions mm-hmm. for Champaign Central, what's that mean? I mean, it's just awesome. When we won last Friday, it really just hit that we've won this four times in a row, mm-hmm. and it's just huge for us. Well, you guys face a really good Springfield Southeast team at, at Southeast on Tuesday in a sectional semifinal. I'll ask each one of you just uh, what, what the keys to the game are and how you're kind of approaching playing the, the number three team in Class 3A. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're a real tough team. Uh, they got some real size down low, and they also uh, pressure quite a bit, run and jump. So our keys are just to take care of the ball and uh, make a lot more free throws than we did last time. Yeah, Gus, that anything to add to that? Yeah, like Bryce said, we got to limit turnovers, take care of the ball, do what we do, execute, and I think we'll be fine. Now, I, I have to ask one more question. Since since Jim's out of the room especially, Gus, is Jim a good basketball parent? Uh, 
I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> That's a good answer yeah. because otherwise you're not eating tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Bryce Funke and Gus Rosso. Thanks for having us. Champagne Central Thank Boys you. Basketball. Yep. Thanks, guys, for being on the show. I and thought you were going to ask if Jim was a good basketball player. Oh. Now, that's the real question well, that I've, we want to know. I've heard a lot about that from Jim himself. I think Gus wants to weigh in, though, so... <laughs> Hey, rumor has it that he had 100 free throws in a row. So, Hell, wow, that's <laughs> yeah. well. We're gonna go find a basketball hoop after this and uh, test that out. But yeah. uh, we're gonna take our next break here, prep basketball confidential, and we will be right back. Thanks, guys. The Dick Van Dyke Appliance World High School Prep Basketball Confidential continues with Colin and Jim on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. 623 here downtown Champaign. Brad Underwood's next with Brian Barnard. He's going to be calling in, I do believe the coach is. He's out recruiting tonight on the road. That's important. Got to recruit. I slipped over to the Esquire before this show. Not for what you think, Colin. But <laughs> uh, to see Trent Meacham. Pre, Pre-St. Patrick's Day <laughs> celebration. Former Charger standout, former Centennial yeah, standout. Trent yeah. Meacham joined the 5 o'clock gang. Good to hear from him. He's doing great. Yeah, good. Good deal. Yeah, I, uh, I heard some of his interview. A couple uh, last notes on the big schools. I would say that Urbana, which plays Lincoln, mm-hmm. right, and Central, which plays Southeast, are both underdogs. I would think that's probably the case. Uh, I'm, okay. I'm fairly sure Central is playing against right. the number three team in really good 3A. Uh, I've seen Lincoln before. Uh, I saw him against Muhammad earlier this year. And Muhammad uh, finished sub 500 this year, but actually gave Lincoln quite a quite a game. Uh, Lincoln's got a six foot eleven kid inside, right. which certainly helps matters. But uh, I, I, w- I would think Urbana is the underdog. That said, I think Urbana is probably less of an underdog than Central is, sure. simply because Southeast has been as good as it has. But yeah, it would be really cool to see Central and Urbana face each other for. Uh, the re- the sectional title they should just move the game over mm-hmm. here if that if that happens. Think that just a would be up for that? No, 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 absolutely not. No, they wouldn't. Southeast <laughs> wouldn't because it would kill their gate, so they would lose a, a day's a games worth of gate. So no. Hey, congratulations to Rantoul put on quite a show. I yeah, would, I would say uh, hosting that thing last week. Yeah, absolutely, I did love make the it gym. Up. I didn't make it out, but uh, you obviously did. Scott mm-hmm. Ritchie did as well. Right. Uh, it sounded like it was a, a great time and obviously some good games. Well, we got uh, we got another big school to talk about, but we're going to do that a little later on the show with the Danville Vikings. Uh, right now, we're going to move on to our small schools who are playing. We got two teams left playing for uh, super sectional titles tomorrow night. Uh, first one is in Springfield, and that's the Gibson City Melvin Sibley Falcons, uh, who are on a thirty-game win streak, which uh, is fairly good. Uh, basically, and Jim and I talked about this uh, earlier. They're um, Boys basketball players who are also football players basically never lose games. Uh, the football team hasn't lost in the last two seasons. The boys basketball team, when the football players are not going to state, has lost once in the last two seasons. That was the Monticello in a regional final last year. Um, and the games that they did lose the last two years are when the team was not fully complete because the football players were still playing football. This success, as you pointed out, uh, has drawn quite a few fans <laughs> from, yeah, a few. from the town. Tell me about that atmosphere. A, a few, yeah. You could, uh, as cliche kind of goes, if you wanted to, ro- and I, I am not suggesting this. <laughs> if you want, if you wanted to rob Gibson City on on Friday night, you probably could have because nobody would have been there. Uh, the entire, all three towns, Gibson City, Melvin, and Sibley. Uh, we're all inside uh, Tolono's Rocket Center on Friday night against Bloomington Central Catholic, which placed third in the state last year. 
Um, it was a heck of a game. Uh, the place got extremely loud when Ryland Holt hit uh, back-to-back layups to give GCMS its first lead in the third quarter, and it got even louder when uh, Bryce Barnes hit a steal layup combo with less than 30 seconds to play, mm. and he threw up a, a U with his or a U a W with his fingers afterward to suggest, yeah, we we won, and they did. They won by five points. These kids are just uber confident. They're extremely athletic. You got kids going to D2 Minnesota Mankato to play basketball. You got walk on preferred walk-ons at Illinois and Oklahoma State football and a bunch of other kids who are going to uh, smaller football programs. I feel like the entire GCMS senior class is signed to go do something athletically with a college, and that just does not does not happen all the time. So pretty fun to see, and the fans love it. Well, we're going to be joined now by one of those Gibson City Melvin Sibley players. Although not one of the football players, he's actually a really good golfer in his spare time. But right now on the basketball court, Connor Berkey joining us. Connor, thanks so much for being part of the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Well, uh, you've had, as I mentioned, a great season for the boys golf team at Gibson City earlier this year. What's it been like to jump straight from that into what's going on with this boys basketball team? You know, it's great. Um, It's great having success in both golf and basketball, and uh, hopefully we can keep it going here. What's what's kind of the difference in mindset, I guess, jumping from golf to basketball as far as, you know, doing as well as you have? How do you kind of change mindsets as quickly? You know, for golf, you don't really want to get pumped up before a game uh, or before a match. You know, you want to try to stay as calm as you can because uh, you got to be able to keep your composure on the golf course. You know, if you had a bad shot, you got to keep your mindset there to be able to hit a good shot the next time and uh basketball you know uh before each game you're in the locker room listening to music trying to get pumped up so it's uh it's it's pretty different uh between the two but um yeah well uh your guys's team obviously has a lot of confidence born from success in the football field success of guys in other sports like you in golf uh what has it been like playing with this group that just you know they, they don't know how to lose it feels like yeah, it's awesome playing with these uh, bunch of guys that I'm going to miss a lot, you know, since I'm graduating this year. But, uh, yeah, ever since uh, elementary school, you know, we've been together and we've always been battling, competing. And uh, it's just it's going to be different. It's not going to feel right next year when uh, we're all in our different locations uh, playing our different sports. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to miss a lot. Well, when you talk like that, I mean, how much uh, how, how much does that make, you know, tomorrow night's game in the super sectional? How how important does that make that game for you guys? Uh, you know, it gives you a little extra motivation because, you know, obviously I don't want to be done playing with them. And uh, we had a goal since since elementary school, middle school. You know, we want to play our last game in Peoria, just like in middle school how we played our last game. In the state, we want to uh, finish our last game in Peoria. Talking with Connor Berkey from the Gibson City Melvin Sibley boys basketball team. Uh, before we really look ahead more to Pleasant Plains and tomorrow's Super Sectional, take you back to Friday's sectional final against Bloomington Central Catholic in Tolono. Uh, first of all, just that entire week, the game against Tuscola as well in the sectional semifinal. I mean, have you played in a lot of atmospheres like those two games had? Um, you know, not quite. Uh, the loudest crowd I can remember in my high school career would be my sophomore year, regional championship against PBL at home. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, the crowd has just been outstanding. Uh, going to the regional games, sectional games, and if the crowd's 
uh, going to be anything like it has been the past games where it's going to be crazy. It's going to be loud in there. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and I mean, just uh, facing off against a team like BCC that has, you know, it has the, the recent history that it does in the basketball court. You guys fell behind by 11 points in the second quarter, and then you just claw your way back, and you got the crowd going crazy behind you at the end. Just what did it take uh, mentally and physically for you guys to pull out uh, ahead against BCC? You know, honestly, it seems like we have been in that position before in a bunch of other games this season, and we fought, we know how to fight our way back and uh out on the court you know once we were down by 11 we got in the huddle and uh we're just like you know we've got this we've been in this position before all we got to do is stay calm uh clamp down defensively and start hitting shots and uh, we're gonna win this game well it felt like uh it was a different person stepping up in each singular moment as you guys clawed your way back you, you had you scoring 11 points you got rylan holt bryce barnes Caleb Bly, Ben Freehill, and then Lane Short and Nathan Gerrard off the bench. Uh, just with so many weapons like this, uh, how how difficult is this team to stop? You know, I think it's we're very difficult to stop. Uh, on a, any given night, you know, any one of us can go off and score a lot. And, uh, you know, as Coach Tompkins always says, there's going to be nights where uh, you have an off night. And that's why we have uh, the depth that we have, and guys are always going to be able to there to step up when uh, someone's not having the best game. Well, uh, you guys are going to try to take that mentality into uh, into the Pleasant Plains game in Springfield tomorrow night. Uh, that's another team that's that's pretty red hot. They've only lost once since uh, the month of February started. So, what do you guys know about the Cardinals, and what do you have to do to come out ahead in that game? We know that they're really a fundamentally sound team. Um, and this year we haven't faced a lot of teams, you know, that are physically bigger than us and longer than us. But uh, Pleasant Plains uh, coming into this game there, they got some big guys. Uh, they got some big, tall uh, guys that have two guards that are around 6'3", 6'4", 6'6", 6'7", a big guy down low. And, uh, yeah, we just, uh, we're going to have to come out ready to play because they're going to they're gonna give us their best shot. Connor Berkey, Gibson City, Melvin Sibley Boys Basketball. Connor, thanks again for joining us tonight, talking a little bit, and good luck uh, tomorrow night. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, Connor, absolutely uh, correct about the the makeup of that Pleasant Plains team, of course. But uh, I, you know, size is one thing, and Gibson City's got some size themselves. But that that athleticism that I mentioned, that's not really matched among a lot of uh, schools in the smaller smaller school brackets. Uh, and that's why I think Gibson City comes out ahead tomorrow night against Pleasant Plains. I know you do a uh, season-ending uh, statistical rundown of best mm -hmm. programs among our area 40 or 50 high schools. Gibson City has to be uh, <laughs> uh, one of the leaders of the pack. I'm going to think they're in the running with uh, okay. football, boys golf, um, boys soccer with Fisher, although technically Fisher gets that one because they're the head of the co-op. Girls basketball won a regional championship this year. We haven't even made it to spring yet, and they're, they're probably they got to be in the top five, I would think, pretty easily. Always enjoy working with their coaches as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike Allen, uh, great football coach, mm -hmm. but great AD as well, and all his all of his other coaches uh, follow his example. I think. All right, six thirty-four. I'm not uh, done with the small schools here, Colin. No, nope, because we, I have a bunch of friends in Cisna Park who are demanding coverage. Okay, well they'll uh, they'll get some coverage. Uh, we're going to be uh, we'll make sure we follow what they do tomorrow as they go to a class 1A super sectional at Redbird Arena in Normal, home of the girls basketball state uh, finals. 
but Cisna Park is there uh, uh, to take on Yorkville Christian, a team that has never made the Super Sectionals before, does not have uh, nearly the uh, history that Cisna Park boys basketball does at this stage. Um, uh, speaking of history, when you talk about the Timberwolves, you have to uh, start with Kevin Long, their head coach. He's in his 24th year. Also, his last year, he's retiring uh, after this season. So whether that will be after tomorrow's game or after a state run on Friday and Saturday uh, remains to be seen. But he won his 500th career game last week uh, in the sectional semifinal against Grant Park. Uh, before they beat Judah Christian in the final by 22 points. That was the only local game that was close at, or that was far apart at all mm-hmm. on Friday. The rest were all nail biters. Uh, but, yeah, Cisna Park looking for its second state berth under Kevin Long, uh, the first one since 2003. He's been there since 95, so uh, going way back right there. Um, but, yeah, Cisna Park got two six-foot-seven kids, as we've mentioned on the show plenty of times before, Christian and Julian Stadley. They've got five or six guards who can score with regularity. they got a bunch of kids who played for state championships, seventh-grade and eighth-grade teams in 2014 and 2015. Uh, they, they have all the pieces to make a run in Class 1A, really, and uh, Yorkville Christian is uh, the next roadblock. I've looked at their roster, pretty talented-looking group over there, but I think experience kind of uh, wins out a little bit, and Cisna Park's got more of that at, at this stage. As you uh, pointed out, Anthony Zillis went to Cisna Park in That's early right. January and kind of documented how rabid that town is and how yeah. uh, with their basketball and their history and such. And, again, they're not uh, lacking any fans either. No, very Hoosier-esque style f- uh, feel over there with how small that community is and just how much they want to win. I think it, it, it's exacerbated by the fact that, A, this senior class was so good in middle school, and, B, Kevin Long's not going to be the head coach anymore. Uh, that doesn't mean the program can't have success after this, but it's the end of an era. You want to end an era well, uh, and I think Cisna Park has a chance to do that. Kind of like uh, Gibson City. you got these middle school kids. Uh, they showed the talent early. Yeah. And uh, they're still winning. Yep, and a similar situation with the coach, although Ryan Tompkins, as far as I know, is not retiring anytime soon. (laughs) But he's in his 17th year with Gibson City, so another program that wants to win for its coach, no doubt. All right, follow along with Colin Likas on Twitter tomorrow because he'll keep you updated on all, uh, all those games involving area teams. Certainly do our best. All right. Hey, we got one more team to deal with. Uh, Still alive, that'd be the Danville Vikings. We'll do that after this break. Now, back to High School Prep Basketball Confidential, brought to you by Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, where when you buy from us, you get the whole store. Not only will Evan Kahn have this show on podcast soon after we get out of here after 7, but it's on Facebook Live right now, Colin's beautiful mug, (laughs) bearded mug. Something like that. We're on Snapchat News hyphen Gazette. Get to hear Price Punk out in our green room. Yeah. We're on Twitter too, right, Colin? Are oh, we're on, anything? we're on Twitter. Okay. Uh, yeah, tweeting uh, tweeting about something we'll be talking about at the end of this show, so I won't mention it yet, but also tweeted about uh, St. Thomas More girls basketball alum, St. Thomas More multiple sport mm-hmm. athlete alum, uh, Lexi Wallen. Uh, Great who, story Sunday, thanks, Colin. Thanks, yeah, uh, who uh, is playing one season of basketball for Illinois State after four years of volleyball. On kind of a surprise move for her. She had a year of eligibility left. Uh, the basketball coach had some injuries, and Lexi said, yeah, I'll do that. And uh, not only is she doing well, she's playing tw- about 25 minutes off the bench crazy. and putting up uh, double-digit points and some rebounds each night. 
really crazy for um, for a pretty good Illinois State team. They're sixteen and ten, I think. Last I checked, maybe seventeen and ten at this point. Best so. part of that story was that she, uh, the night before her tryout or her. Uh, I guess her yeah. playing for the coach. She went and shot with her brother Doug. <laughs> Doug Wallen, yeah, former <laughs> Champagne Central. That was the preparation of it. Yeah, who's uh, over at uh, Illinois Wesleyan, so she went over to Shirk Center and got some got some shots up. Yeah, it was a pretty cool story. I enjoyed writing it, and I'm uh, appreciative of Lexi and Illinois State for letting me in for a day uh, last month. All right, find that at newsgazette.com. we got a, one more boys team to deal with. Sure do. Danville Vikings are still playing. Uh, our biggest school remaining in Class 4A. They won a regional title in nail-biting fashion against Bloomington last week and uh, we're going to be joined now by one of the key members from that win it's uh, Danville senior Sean Haupt. Sean thanks so much for being part of the show this week. Thank you for having me. Of course well uh, you are the lone senior starter for this Vikings group so uh, knowing that your prep basketball career is going to conclude at some point this month uh, how nice was it to secure one more regional title in your tenure? Oh, it was very nice I'm very happy to get another one um want to go out the right way we we've all been working hard all year um and a regional title was definitely one of our main goals so we we were happy to get it yeah, and you uh you you were part of a team as a sophomore as well that won a regional title and uh then you guys finished one win short last year but i mean how does it compare being a sophomore winning a regional title versus being a senior and getting the job done um they're both special in different ways sophomore year like that was our first one danville's first win since 2001 so that was big, and then senior year is also very special because, like, sophomore year, I, I know I have a couple more chances. Senior year, this is the last chance to do something special, so it's it's definitely important to get this one. Well, uh, you guys had to take down Big 12 conference rival Bloomington to get that regional title last Friday over at Centennial. Um, you guys, I was at the, the game you played against Bloomington in December. That was uh, one of the best games I've seen since I've started this job. But uh, this Bloomington team was missing Southern Illinois signee Chris Payton this time around. So how did this game compare to the one from back in December? Both of them were crazy. Um it was, they, their style changed a little bit without Chris Payton, but they're still a very good team. Um, they got We got up on them uh, by double digits early, but they did a great job of fighting back. They didn't quit. They managed to get inside, kick out, hit some threes. Um, both games were – that's two of the best, most exciting games we've played this year against a really good team. We're just happy to get those wins. Well, uh, like I said, lone senior starter for this uh, Vikings team. Uh, what's been your approach as far as leadership goes in the playoffs? Maybe trying to uh, to, to give the, some of the younger guys, you know, an idea of the mindset it takes in, in games like this. Yeah, um, I know that my role this year is to be a leader. So on the court, I'm just trying to talk as much as possible, um, keep everyone together uh, because I've been here a couple times. Um, but everyone does a great job of playing with energy, uh, talking the whole game. Like we hu- we huddle up on the court a lot and just stick together, so we never let our heads hang if things aren't going well. And that's how we're able to fight back in some of these games. Talking with Danville boys basketball senior Sean Haupt. Uh, so last year's team, which uh, fell short in a regional final, four senior starters. You were the the lone junior starter on that team. Uh, now you got guys like Tevin Smith, Nathaniel Hoskins, Robert Stroud, and Devin Miles surrounding you. Uh, how do you compare last year's team to this year? What's it been like uh, between playing on those two teams? 
Um, both teams are great, and both teams are very fun to play with. I, lo- I love playing with the guys from last year. It's the same thing this year. Everyone, I feel like our team chemistry has been great. Everyone loves playing with each other. No one cares who gets the points as long as we get the win. Um, there's a lot of talent on both teams. Last year, we we were a lot older. This year, we're young for the most part, but we still have we still have a lot of talent. And both teams have just been really fun to be a part of. Well, uh, you get to take this team uh, over to Face Peak and uh, tomorrow night. Uh, probably not the opponent you were expecting to see. Uh, maybe maybe expecting normal community or even Rock Falls, but Peak yeah. making a bit of a surprise run. So, uh, how are you guys preparing for the Dragons, and what's it going to take to to come out of there with a win? Yeah, they're they're definitely a good team. They're coming in hot. Um, they they've won a lot of games in the second half of the year. Made a nice run to start start the postseason. Um, we've watched some film on them. They can shoot the ball a lot. They have a big guy inside, and they play a nice two-three on defense. So we're looking to push the tempo against them, play at our pace, um, and just not let them get comfortable on offense. They run great. They run great sets, great offense. So we're looking to get in and make it tough for them. Sean Haupt, Danville Boys Basketball Senior. Sean, thanks again for joining us on the show, and good luck uh, tomorrow night against Pekin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great stuff from Sean. Here's the bummer. How far they have to go. Come on. <laughs> East Moline. Uh, Come three, on, that's crazy. Oh, more than three hours, I believe, is that's the, crazy. Uh, the bus ride. Yeah, that's uh, – How many Danville fans are going to be able to make that trip yeah. besides parents? They're, uh, they're gonna, those kids are going to be tired on Wednesday morning in class. They might need an excused absence for the first half of the day. I'd yeah. tell the IHSA to pony up for a hotel. Yeah, that right? probably wouldn't hurt if you're either. going that far, you got to do that. Let's say they win. Yeah. you got to go back there Friday, right? Yep, and you know they're not the only team doing that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a pretty crazy trip, driving from one side of the state to the other, essentially. That, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, it's uh, just weird how these battle lines are drawn sometimes. It's just because Danville's that big school out kind of in the middle of a bunch mm-hmm. of small schools. That's just how it happens. We're going to see this problem crop up when we talk about football districting here down the road as well. So uh, we're, this isn't going to be the last time the Vikings kind of get get the shaft like this. But, uh, yeah, it's an unfortunate thing, and uh, Danville's going to have to try and not let, it, let that trip affect them uh, in the semifinal and possibly the final. As you said, Big 12 held its own. Uh, a lot of teams with not great conference records doing big things by winning regional titles. Peoria Manual, Peoria kind Manual, of an ordinary Peoria team. Peoria Notre Dame both mm-hmm. uh, winning. Yeah, yes, uh, five regional titles. Uh, another five teams that got knocked out by a Big 12 team. Right. Uh, so, for example, Centennial knocked out Normal West. Then... Uh, then Danville knocked out normal, or Dan, Danville knocked out Centennial, and then Danville knocked out Bloomington. So Can all you these, go over that one more time. Yeah, well, <laughs> I messed it up the first time, and then the other two teams that we left out, uh, Peoria Central or Peoria right. and Normal and Normal Community, both got knocked out by Pekin. So there's really not uh, not much uh, diversity or variety there. Big uh, stumbling block, maybe for Danville. Belleville West looms in the other yeah. sectional semifinal, and I've had a chance to watch Belleville West down in uh, Centralia. Saw E.J. Liddell. And boy, were they a, a machine back then, and that was without the big Illinois football recruit who was uh, focused on football, yeah. but uh, that's going to be a, a handful. Yeah, having an Ohio State signee on your team usually is uh, usually is helpful. Uh, so if Danville can get by Pekin, I would uh, very much assume Belleville West is going to be waiting for them, although... Um, 
not a lot of people thought Pekin would be at this mm-hmm. stage. We thought we'd be right. talking about normal community, so I guess anything can happen. And Chatham uh, gave Belleville West a, a game in the regional That's type right. uh, affair. So uh, yeah, don't cut don't cut the Vikings out. This time of year, crazy things happen, especially you know when you got a lot of seniors on your team and uh, just a lot of good kids on your team as well, a lot of good athletes. So yeah, looking forward to seeing how that matchup goes. But yeah, it's one of those where it's so far away. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to to cover it in person. But uh, we'll certainly be covering it from afar. Uh, that brought up in the newsroom today. Started talking about all area, right? So how far yeah. teams go in the playoffs do have a uh, impact. Certainly does. Yep. S- same thing with all state. Uh, EJ Liddell, uh, as you said, Belleville West was our player of the year, right? Last year, certainly in the running this year, but he's got some competition. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, uh, I've been taking votes for girls basketball all area already. Mm-hmm. Going to send out an email here for boys basketball all area because we have our uh, our first team photo shoots coming up, uh, not this weekend, but the weekend after uh, in preparation for some stories. And, uh, yeah, it's that, it's that time of year. The winter sports are wrapping up. We're getting ready for spring sports. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll definitely pay attention to how these last five boys basketball teams are doing when we consider our all state uh, selections. All right, big game, uh, big games tomorrow night. One uh, one more game on Wednesday, and then we'll see if there's some games in Peoria to deal with Friday and Saturday. That's right, that's right. Well, uh, we got uh, we got a couple more. We got what uh, ten, nine, ten more minutes uh, on the last prep basketball confidential of the year. So we got a couple more topics to talk about, uh, primarily in the girls basketball front. So uh, the three A four A postseason wrapped up. Uh, last weekend. Um, there were no area teams remaining in that, so once Schlarman and St. Joe and Tri-County all finished up at the 1A and 2A postseason, uh, it may have seemed like that was it for our girls' basketball postseason, but uh, Arthur Okaw Christian, not an IHSA uh, member school, is not bound by the IHSA uh, postseason rules, so they went off and they competed in the National Association of Christian Athletes Tournament in Dayton, Tennessee, and the girls ended up winning the championship for the first time ever. Uh, they defeated uh, Central Christian out of Georgia 75-49 to to win that uh, win that title after finishing third in 2016 and 17, finished 33-7 uh, and on the season. 33 wins is nothing to scoff at. Uh, the AOC girls beat seven teams from our area, I think, they, uh, including Centennial and Rantoul, which are much bigger schools than Arthur Okaw Christian, of course. Uh, but yeah, Amanda and Alexa Franklin, as they had done all year, continued to lead that team. The, the one-time Muhammad Seymour players, mm-hmm. uh, Amanda Franklin, 34 points and 8 rebounds. Uh, Alexa Franklin, a triple-double, 28 points, 10 boards, and 10 assists. Uh, fun fact, that game on Friday night, the championship game, was on older sister Jessica's birthday. She's an Illinois Wesleyan track athlete. Um, and uh, was our uh, was a, a state champion for Muhammad Seymour on the track uh, last year. So that Franklin family seems to be pretty good uh, at sports. But yeah, the Franklin sisters and Anna Hauk were named the all-tournament team. So congratulations to AOC on a, a great state championship season. Uh, but in the uh, even though we didn't have a team in those 3A4A IHSA girls basketball playoffs, there were some local ties to at least one of the teams that was competing. Uh, Mother Macaulay, uh, all-girls school up near the Chicago area, kind of out of Aurora, uh, was in the 4A finals, ended up going all the way to the championship game uh, before falling short against Maine West. But second second place finish, nothing to laugh at. Why do we bring this up? Uh, because uh, the head coach is Ashley Clanton, formerly Ashley Luke, who was a Danville girls basketball coach for a little while. 
uh, after playing at Wabansi Valley, Penn State, and uh, DePaul. And uh, one of her assistant coaches is her, her dad, B.J. Luke, who was the Danville Athletic Director and football coach and who is still the Vikings girls track and field coach. Uh, B.J. with his first year on the staff after uh, Ashley lost one of her assistants to another head coaching job kind of late in the process. So B.J. signed on as an assistant, and they helped uh, Mother McCauley to second place in Class 4A. So pretty cool accomplishment for them, especially considering uh, Ashley played in the state tournament as a senior at Wabansi Valley, and BJ played in the state tournament uh, when he was at Danville in 1971. Crazy. But they never went to the state tournament together as you know, coach and daughter or anything like that. So instead, they went as coach and coach. So pretty cool moment for them, even if it happened outside of Danville. All state teams being released uh, in conjunction with these state final fours. I know the AP is going to uh, release some teams. Our all a- all state girls basketball team and our boys basketball teams uh, on the way. Yep. Several uh, uh, in the running for player of the year statewide. Yeah. Maybe even one from this area, Colin. Y- yeah, I would say so. Uh, yeah, just looking at the, the All-State teams uh, that have come out from not only uh, voters like myself, media members, but also from the Coaches Association. Um, obviously, on the girls' side, Schlarman had several girls who received recognition. Tri-County did as well. St. Joe did as well as, uh, as some other uh, schools with single athletes. Watsika, Paxton, uh, even Fisher got a, a nomination in there. Um, and then Aaron Haupt from Danville uh, received some recognition last week. And now we're on to the boys' side. Uh, the 1A, 2A boys all-state votes for media members are due out uh, this week. We got the ballot earlier today, actually. Uh, some familiar names on there. Uh, Christian Staddley from Cisna Park is in the running. Phil Coulter from uh, Judah Christian's in the running. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to do this off the top of my head. Drew Reifsteck from Bismarck is in the running. Riley Morris from St. Thomas More. Uh, Ryland Holt and Bryce Barnes from Gibson City. Uh, I'm sure there's one or two more that I'm forgetting off the top of my head. But, yeah, we got a lot of kids who are, you know, what, once you get all state recognition from the media, you're kind of by default in the running for all state for News Gazette because we are part of the, the media voting. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting to see how those teams pan out. We'll have some uh, big school representation, of course. A couple kids from Danville uh, getting good play. Same with Urbana. Here's one kid who's been playing uh, lights out for the last month. is Kalia Terry mm-hmm. of uh, Champaign Central. Anybody who saw that dunk that is at NewsGazette.com <laughs> right now, Friday night in Rantoul. Uh, was a head shaker. We could, yeah. uh, we could run our entire website traffic on Khalil Terry dunk videos, I think. Every year I, I searched for it, and it was viral. Video goes viral. Khalil Terry. Anyway, Scott Ritchie, who covers Big Ten basketball for us, was at that game. Yep. And he's convinced there's a spot somewhere okay. for Khalil Terry, despite his size yeah, and maybe Khalil, his position. Yeah, Khalil definitely uh, went. That's why, they, that's why Jeff Finke pulled him out to the point this year, had him run him from the one spot. Because he's aware that six foot three, unless Khalil has a, a big old growth spurt between his sophomore and junior, junior and senior seasons, six three, six four is probably where Khalil's maxing out, and that's not exactly a big size for a post player at a higher level program. So Jeff uh, thinking ahead for both his team and for Khalil Terry by pulling him out. But that hasn't stopped Khalil from getting into the paint sometimes and throwing down dunks. He does it pretty much every game, uh, and uh, they're they're never going to go out of style. We'll, we'll just say that. Right. Champagne Central's uh, two leading scorers are both underclassmen. So, yeah. you know, Scott's story of four regional titles for the first time since the 1940s, mm-hmm. that streak. Yep. Who says it can't 
turn into five. Is Gus going to be an assistant coach on the team next year, or are you making him <laughs> go to college? He might still be grounded by <laughs> then, for Colin. We'll, <laughs> we'll see about that. Well, uh, yeah, talking with talking about Khalil, I mean, got to mention a, color, a couple other big 12 kids who are doing good things right now. Uh, Peyton Sheen over mm-hmm. at Urbana. Jermail Young getting a lot of the spotlight right now, rightfully so, but Peyton Sheen has led that team in scoring almost every game this year for historic Urbana program. Uh, scored a thousand point this year. Uh, was putting up like twenty five points a game for like a two week stretch. Tevin Smith over at Danville, uh, a really good sophomore. Uh, we've talked about it before on here how he's receiving D one interest already. Uh, that that sophomore class over at Danville is really good. Right. Uh, Ted Haupt has got a gold mine over there. Uh, so yeah, the Big Twelve. I mean, uh, this area is a big reason why the Big Twelve was as tough as it was this year. And can't leave out Centennial either with Bryson Cowper who scored. 30 points a game it felt like good stuff where are you going to be this week uh, well Colin? i'm going to be uh, over in springfield tomorrow night and sure. wednesday night uh, covering gibson city super sectional game tomorrow night against pleasant plains and we'll be back in springfield on wednesday to cover urbana's sectional semifinal game against lincoln and then after that we'll see um if i have to post up again well this time in peoria two weeks ago it was normal but if i have mm-hmm. to post up again uh, hole up there get a hotel hang out for two days we'll see um, or we'll see if I go cover some Class 3A uh, basketball sectional finals somewhere. Right. A lot of things depend on uh, results right now. That's how it is. Five teams left. Uh, we'll see uh, how many left are on Friday night. I'm going to say mm, that's tough. That's tough because then there's this. Just pick them all to win, Colin. Okay, Come on. fine. It's going to be all five. <laughs> it's all five. That's it. Well, yeah, this is the last episode of Prep Basketball Confidential. We're going to see if we can do something for the spring sports. No guarantees yet, but uh, it's been a pleasure, and thanks for joining us uh, during this ride of the basketball season. Appreciate all the hard work, Colin. See you. That's a wrap for the Dick Van Dyke Appliance World Prep Basketball Confidential for the 2018-19 season. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in here on News Talk 1400, WDWS Champaign-Urbana, and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS Champaign-Urbana. We've got the Coach Brad Underwood show up next, the next to last one of that. He'll have another one next week ahead of the Big Ten Tournament. Right here on both stations, Light Rock 97.5 and News Talk 1400. We're going to send it down to the Buffalo Wild Wings in Savoy. Brian Barnhart is set up down there. Him and Ed Bond will have you for the next hour. See ya.